Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 83 of Season 4 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com when Harry met Sally one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today are Roger and Marcy Wister of the Roadhouse Minute, 12 Days of White Christmas, and the Speed Movie Minute. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hi, thanks. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having us back. Well, we, we had a lot of fun the last few days, so I figured, uh, you know, and, and I needed some teachers for, for today's episode. So I figured I, you guys were the perfect people to, to, to use as guinea pigs. Awesome. So, so minute 83 begins with Sally still dragging the tree through the snow and ends with Harry thinking of options. So yesterday we, we ended things with, with Sally uh, having to go by her own Christmas tree all by herself. And then we saw how she was struggling to, to, to drag it, uh, I, presumably to her, to her apartment. Uh, today she continues dragging it. And, you know, as, as Roger mentioned yesterday, she finally figures out the best way to do it because, you know, in this minute she doesn't fall down or doesn't have the tree fall down. So we, we get about 10 seconds of the tree being dragged along the way. So it's it's and the music that we were talking about yesterday from Bing Crosby, uh, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" continues, and then we hear the the beeping sound of of a uh, answering machine, and then we hear uh, Harry starts talking. He goes, "Hi, it's me. It's it it's it's the holiday season, and I thought I'd remind you that this is the season of charity and forgiveness." And although it's not widely known, it is also the season of groveling. So if you felt like calling me back, I'd be more than happy to do the traditional Christmas grovel. Give me a call. <laughs> so first of all, I like the fact that we finally get to see Harry's kitchen. You know, and, oh. based, and based on what we know of Harry, this kitchen is actually uh, a lot tidier than, than what I would expect from Harry. Yeah, it seemed pretty modern to me. Yes. It's it's interesting in this minute and the next minute to sort of contrast their two apartments. Because yes. I don't know that mm-hmm. we've really even I don't know that we've seen either of them before for this minute. Well we have. We saw we saw Harry's apartment uh when it was completely empty and then Harry and Sally were putting a oh, yeah, you're putting right. the rug down, but that the place was bare. You know, there was a he had like a chair and a lamp. And that and was pretty saw- much it. We oh, saw I mean, her apartment when they had sex at night. That's correct. Yeah, then, but I mean, but, I don't but know there we only see like this wide shot of their living of her living room and right. all that stuff. It was just straight to the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's bedroom right. gives you a little sense. There's a bit of, bit of clutter, a little relief, flu through some yeah. extra pillows here and there. Correct, but but it's actually funny because you would think the exact opposite of Sally. You'd think that Sally would be much more organized, and that Harry would be the one who's not. Mm, yeah. You know, and then you, you can you can see in his kitchen all these different things that, like on the table, he has uh, what looks like a wallet and you know a whole bunch of letters. I guess he picked up the mail and magazines and what looks like uh, maybe like a yellow uh, legal pad or something like that. And on top of that, it, I wouldn't even call it a briefcase. Do you do either of you know what that's called? It's like a it's sort it's of like a briefcase. I don't know if it's a satchel. A, is it? Wait, is it? Is it a valise? It's like a folio. Oh, these are all good. Yeah. like an ad executive would use. Exactly. Yeah. And, well, he's not an ad executive. He's he's a political consultant. 
Right. So it's the same thing that a political consultant would, would be using for sure. So no, I, I like the fact that they give us, you know, uh, a view of, of what his kitchen looks like. Because like I said, it just doesn't look like the type of kitchen that you would expect from Harry. Yeah. Really, yeah. I see I mean, I see a lot of things in this kitchen that I feel like are him. Like a glass topped table seems like the kind like I feel like there's probably a lot of things in his apartment that he got from IKEA. Huh. Did they have IKEA back in nineteen eighty eight when this took takes place? I do not know. No. But whatever whatever the nineteen eighty eight equivalent of IKEA right. is where you can you can you can outfit your apartment with things to endow it with a sense of taste that perhaps you haven't actually acquired on your own. Right. Okay. That's fair. I mean, you can see that he has a uh, a paper towel dispenser along with uh, two other paper towels sitting on the top of, of the cabinets. He has, uh, you know, two white mugs and two blue mugs. And I, I can't really tell what's under those on the, the shelf there. Can't really, can't really see. Yeah. He has... He has a coffee maker. He has a, a teapot. Uh, he has uh, a, a was it a, is that a two gallon or I'm trying to remember what you know how much how much milk do you have in one of those? It's not a gallon. That's a half gallon, half that's gallon a, carton. That's a half gallon carton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been, it's been a very long time since I've seen cartons like that. I couldn't remember the the exact we size. Buy... I mean, I know the plastic ones are the are those are the full gallons, right? Yeah, we get right. oat milk in that size carton now. I will say this, like there, there's no evidence in this apartment that he ever actually prepares food. Correct. <laughs> he drinks like, coffee. A lot of coffee. Yeah. Coffee. Uh, I actually, he drinks, well, he has a coffee maker, but there's no coffee in it. Yeah. You know, it's empty, you know, because we'll see, I think maybe it's tomorrow that, that he's drinking probably tea. Yeah. That, that's what it seems like, but no, not coffee. And, you know, as this is going on, you know, when he mentioned the fact of groveling, so the the shot changes and we get to see Sally uh, showing up at her apartment. And I love the fact that the, the door like bursts open and the tree comes flying through. <laughs> you know, as if yeah, she's, is, she's now just dragged it up six flights, you know, and just that's it. I've had enough of this tree. <laughs> This is the coda to my r remark yesterday about like never wanting to have to live in a condo or apartment type situation like this. Yeah. Correct. Now, I mean, I, I, you know, being Jewish, I don't, I don't, I've never had a Christmas tree or anything like that, but don't you have to have something to, to have it stand up? Like when you yeah. buy a tree, you get like the wood, wood blocks to put it on, or that's something you got to get separately. You can buy it separately. It's usually like um, a metal or plastic tray that has a ring with like screws that can tighten and straighten it in there. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like holds it in the center of a tub of water, essentially. So it can keep drinking water. Oh, you yeah, know what? So I never like even thought like about that. I always thought that it's, it's dead like and that's it. You know, I didn't think about the fact that, that you're supposed to like water it. Hmm. Interesting. No, you well, you have to, otherwise they dry out really quickly and turn into like extreme fire hazards. <laughs> oh, um, wow. And that's one of the reasons why they can't, we can't have them in the dormitories where we live um, on campus here. They're not allowed to because, you know, once they dry out, it can be a lot of kindling. Hmm. It's dangerous. I okay. mean, it, it is dead, Rob. Like a Christmas tree is just basically a giant flower that you're trying to keep keep yeah. from wilting as fast as possible. How, how long like does, it, people, does a tree usually last? Because people last usually, you see in movies that people buy them like a long time before. They buy them at Thanksgiving already. 
yeah. Sort of... I mean, it could last a good month. Some people um, let their like give it beer and like say that beer is supposed to be a little bit more uh, like preservative to keep it fresh longer. Really? But they will last for hmm. a while, even once they're cut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I, I never even thought about that. Thank you, thank you for for expanding my knowledge. <laughs> Tree this is, info. This is there the teacher, go. the teacher knowledge that we bring to you. Why not? Why not? Don't worry, we'll we'll get to more teacher knowledge. <laughs> okay. I I was just driven crazy by her typing at that tiny desk on that <laughs> little computer with like just the ergonomics of it and also the tiny 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 computer screen that right. she has to write on right but marcia will get there me. in one second because first of all when she comes into the apartment so you can see how pissed off she is that she just had to drag this tree all by herself and she like takes her hat and just throws it across the room you know as she pulls she like takes it off her head and throws it across the room uh really frustrated at this point and so you were talking about bad hair days earlier this week this is probably worse. <laughs> you think this is the worst hair day? Oh, uh, you know it's what? pretty bad. No, you all have to go and watch the interview at the end. It is the worst hair. Trust me, this is not bad compared to that. Okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. That's definitely fair. And then the shot moves back to Harry's kitchen. And now we see that he has moved from one side of the, the kitchen to the other and has brought that blue mug over to the stove as he's hanging up the phone. And then he picks up the cup of, of I assume, tea since, uh, you know, we, di we didn't see him pour anything. So my assumption is it's tea because the, the coffee pot is still completely empty. So, you know, we're not, we're not sure about that. And then he sits down at the table and starts going through the mail. And as he's going through the mail, it switches back. And then that's what you were talking about, Marcy, that she's at mm. this fluttered desk, you know, that it, it just looks like a complete mess. I mean, Sally is a journalist. So, you know, I, I, I do like the fact that we see her using her computer because in 1989, most people did not have home computers. So it, it's showing how advanced she is because of her work. Mm-hmm. You know, the machine, I, I think in 1989 or maybe 1990, I bought a, a word processor that I remember everything was still in. Oh, um, yeah. It was it was, I think, in orange. You know, the, the lettering was orange. And I would I, I would actually actual I would actually use that to, to besides typing up uh, things for for school. I would also keep all my movie lists there of like all the different videotapes I had and stuff like that. I think this is a real computer. I think, I mean, this is probably an early, it's like, probably PC like a prodigy clone. or something like that. Isn't it? Isn't it? She's <laughs> probably banging something out using like WordStar or WordPerfect. Was WordPerfect around in, in the late 80s? I thought it only came out in I, the I 90s. Think it, I think it was around. I think so. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Could be. Could be. But, but as Marcy mentioned, I mean, it's completely cluttered. She's had all these magazines on the shelf. And then she has these trays that are filled with, with also magazines. And then under her phone, there's a magazine. And she has her, her cup of coffee or tea or something like that right next to her, you know, as she's typing. But you can also see uh, a yellow legal pad that has writing on it that she might be using to, to, to check it. I don't know. And then the, the, the phone rings again, and we actually hear the machine pick up, and we hear Sally's voice saying, hi, 
I'm not home right now. Uh, call you right back. And then uh, <laughs> we we hear the machine beep. You know, I, I, it's been. Do, do you guys know of anybody who still has machines that you can actually listen in on the conversation? That some, the message someone's leaving as they're leaving it. Because with voicemail, you can only listen to it after the fact. No, we do uh, have, we have an answering machine in our house now, but it's connected to a, an online uh, web service. So I don't think you hear it when it picks up. Right. No, I don't think that it does. And it, tri it transcribes to email now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just the just the notion of using a landline these days feels like something from time gone by. Yes, yes, something um, from 1989. I have I a landline something... in my office, though. Well, I that's mean, true. Yeah. Right. Uh, so can do I, I mention something that's from right. the uh, the People. scene with Sally at her of desk? Of course you can. Like, I don't know how you felt about this, Mercy, but like, whoever the foley artist was, like, this is some angle <laughs> typing. Yeah. It was cute. It reminded <laughs> the whole thing reminded me of a peanut scene, you know, like um, the little girl typing or playing the piano where she's like, dink, 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 when she's really pissed off. Um, that just kind of had that little air to it for me. Okay, that 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 doesn't make sense, you know, because she she seems to be very upset at this point, especially when she hears that it's Harry on the phone. Now, do you think that she's not answering the phone because she knows it's going to be Harry? Or she's just really busy with work? Or is she screaming because she thinks it might be Harry? What, what, what do you guys think? Well, that's a good question. So, so Marcy, like, I, I'm sure we are not led to believe that these are the only, what, two or three phone calls that he calls her. Because he, yeah. he, he, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. So, Marcy, how many times, how many messages do you think that Harry leaves on Sally's machine before she finally picks up at the end of the week? like two three a day yeah and that and this is this is probably going on for a couple of weeks yeah so i i would rob i would say at this point she is screening all her calls because most of the time it's him and yeah. she's she's distracting herself with work she's not necessarily busy with it right now right because again this is this is somewhere between you know this is december so yeah you know she might be off of work soon you know, for the for the holidays, it's you know, who knows, you know. But but I th I think you're right. She she looks as if she's she's making herself busy to try to mm -hmm. forget about her her own personal woes. I guess you can say. I mean, I don't think she's not working. Like journalism is a twelve month. Unlike us who are teachers, journalism is a twelve month a twelve month a year profession. Yeah, no, I know that, but it's it still has its ups and downs, and depends on we don't know what type of journalist she is. You know, just because just because, you know, if, if she's, you know, she might have she might be working. She might work for for a magazine where she has, you know, a monthly deadline or something like that. We don't, we don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe all these magazines on our shelf are, are the magazines yeah. of the magazine she works for. I, I don't know. Well, the fact that she can do her work from home suggests that she's probably not a newspaper journalist. So I would guess I think your guess of her being a magazine journalist might be closer to the truth right again it's possible there's no way of knowing i mean we we did see her earlier in the movie at work so she she's not only working at home or maybe back right. then she was working you know it could be that she's changed jobs also 
you know, we never know what, what has happened over the course of this year that, uh, that the two of them have been together. You know, maybe, maybe they had COVID or something like that and people had to start working from home. I don't know. Yikes. <laughs> you, you never know. There, there, these things do happen, apparently. You know, <laughs> if, if anyone would have asked uh, any of us four years ago, we would have just laughed. Now, oh, come on. Ugh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then we, we hear, uh, Harry on the phone again and he goes, if you're there, please pick up the phone. I really want to talk to you. The fact that you're not answering leads me to believe you're either A, not at home, and then the minute gets cut off. We'll, we'll continue with that uh, tomorrow with the rest of what he says. So I, I wanted to, to bring this up because I know that you guys are both, both, both in the educational field. So basically what he's doing is he's making a multiple choice uh, questionnaire for her. You know, we'll get more into it tomorrow when we hear the, the B and the C. But so he's starting that. Too. Do you guys find multiple choice tests to be effective or not? Um, Do you use that? I mean, we'll start with that. I don't because the particular well, what, type of what teaching subject? I do is computer. So I teach computer science. Okay. And I feel like an authentic assessment should be one where the student is performing the activity or demonstrating the skills that you are trying to teach them. And nobody got any, nobody got a programmer job by filling out bubble tests. Okay. Um, but uh, I think, I think for certain types of quick recall questions, multiple choice is appropriate. Marcy, you haven't taught in a couple of years, but you're a veteran science teacher. What do you think? Um, I have used multiple choice questions, but just like what you're saying, they're more on the kind of like straight recall stuff. Um, it's really hard to assess somebody's understanding and ability to apply the information using that kind of um, assessment. So, yeah, I, I like to, when I did give tests, give a little bit of that in there and then some critical thinking questions, um, but certainly not the whole thing as multiple choice. They're certainly a lot easier to grade than other things, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. I, I remember that when I, when I was a senior in high school, so, so I had a lot of free time. So I took two college courses at like a local college. And one of them I took was psychology and the teacher would have a multiple choice test, I think every week or every two weeks, whatever it was. And, you know, there were, I think, three or four different tests. Uh, test structures that he was giving each time, you know, so that, that you couldn't cheat by looking at the person next to you because it was different answers. And he'd have these, these bubble sheets that had holes punched in them, you know, and it would mm -hmm. say like A, B, C, and D. And then when yep. you, when you'd bring him the test, when you were done, so he would look at it and he would say, okay, this is a, and then he'd put the a one on there and he could easily mark it by, by seeing, yeah. you know, which things fit into the holes and which ones didn't. That's I mean, we, awesome. we're also like we are fortunate enough to teach at a, a, a private school with small class sizes. If I had 25 to 30 students in my class, I would probably try to come up with efficient ways of giving assessments like multiple choice questions. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, that, that I was reading about that is one of the disadvantage of multiple choice questions. It depends on on who's making the questions, because there's there's a lot of, quite often teacher bias. Oh, about, sure. About, uh, you know, how they I mean, I. <laughs> 
I, I, I mean, this was, this was, I think, in elementary school, but the teacher would, would put some really crazy answers there, you know, where you knew, okay, that one is not the answer, you know, that type of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, no, but I mean, they, they use it for, 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 you know, they use it on the SATs and the ACTs and uh, the GED. You know, you have a lot of, of, of tests that are, that are used all around that, that use it. I mean, even the LSATs and the MCATs, and I mean, I have all list of all these different uh, tests that, that that's what they use because the question is, is it because it's easier for them to, to, you know, to just put it through a computer and get the, and have it spit out the answers? Or yes. do you think it's... Uh... <laughs> well, I think that's part of it. I also think in some sure. people's minds, they view it as being a more objective way to assess because you don't have to worry about like grading someone's essay and how different people might grade uh, that sort of content differently. I mean, right. this okay. multiple choice questions are either right or wrong. Correct. Okay. All right. So do either of you have anything else you want to say about uh, this minute before we get into the script? Nope. Nope. Okay. So the script, once again, there, there's a little bit of change in the dialogue, and there's also the description. So it says uh, – as we watch her carry the tree home, we hear a beep on Sally's machine. And then we hear Harry's voice, which says, hi, it's me. It's the holiday season. This doesn't happen to be my holiday, but I thought I might remind you that this is the season of forgiveness and charity. So if you felt like calling me back, it would make me very a very happy person. And then it says, uh, Sally listens to her machine as she puts away groceries. And that's when Harry says to a machine that, that uh, he wants to talk to her. And then it, it shows us Harry and says, Harry is pacing around his living room, phone in hand. And then he says, I'll take this as a sign. You're not home. You know, that's the way that, 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 that it ends in the script. It continues, you know, in tomorrow's dialogue. We'll, we'll get to that uh, tomorrow. So, again, I, I don't think anything here really changes. I, I like the, the setting in the movie as opposed to, you know, saying that she's, you know, uh, dealing with her groceries or that he's pacing in his living room. I think they got it right by having her like come into the room with the tree. So we see how frustrated she was from that. I like seeing him in the kitchen and seeing her at the desk. So I, personally, I think they got those right. I think the dialogue in the movie is better. Um, and I don't know how much you've talked about this and I didn't research enough to find out the answer to this question, but um, this seems like this minute seems like definite Billy Crystal ad lib. I think uh this is an example probably of Billy Crystal ad-libbing. And I think if he came up with, if he came up with this on, on set, I think it works better. The, I think the line about the season of groveling is way more entertaining than when what's in the script. Yes. I, I agree with you on that. And obviously we can tell that, that it's something that, that, that he changed and we'll, we'll get more of that tomorrow with what he changed, which I think it works, works much better than what they have in the script. So every Wednesday we have a segment called Harry Burns Pump Day, where my guests will give their top five Billy Crystal uh, performances. So once again, since we have both of you here, we'll, we'll do it in the same fashion that we did it uh, last time. But this way we're going to switch it up and do it backwards. So first we'll have uh, Roger give us his number five and then Marcy, and then we'll work our way through that. That sounds great. Well, since this is the hairy day, I'm happy to start with the first hump of the day. Um, I had a much harder time with this list. I'm just going to say that. I don't know why. I 
for some reason I just don't have a lot of Billy Crystal movies in my wheelhouse. But when I went back and looked at his filmography, I was like, oh, okay, I like that, I like that. So I was able to come up with five. If you had asked me to come up with ten, I think I might have really struggled. So my number five uh, Billy Crystal movie is Forget Paris, um, which is a very disposable comedy. I think in a lot of ways it's sort of the unfilmed sequel to When Harry Met Sally, if you've ever seen it, if any of you have ever seen that movie. Of course, you've seen it, Rob. But, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, <laughs> I, I think I – think I don't like it as much as, as uh, When Harry Met Sally. Well, no, of course I'll leave you there. But I'm it, – it, it's operating in the same space, and I think it's fine. Yeah, but he and Deborah Winger aren't as good as, as he is with Meg Ryan. Well, I hate to say that, but if we see what what the constant is in those two movies, I think we might know who to blame. Yeah, uh, probably. Hmm. I think Deborah Winger is not as appealing as uh, Meg Ryan. Uh, especially in a rom-com. But yeah. Right. What about But you, they do Mark? have a great scene in there. I, I love the scene where he gets pulled over. By the, by the policeman. Uh, I'm have to take your word for it. Honestly, I don't remember anything they, about they, that movie now. They need to. They're, they're doing. They're doing uh, um, fertility treatment, and he he can't fill up the cup in the doctor's yeah. office. He needs to go home to do it. So he rushes home to do it, and then as he's as he's speeding on his way back, he gets pulled over by a cop, and you see him trying to explain to the cop, you know, why he's oh. got this little cup with him. You know, so it was just very funny because oh, it's Billy Crystal. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I also had a hard time with this to the point where I did not get to five. Oh, wow. And I went through the lists on IMDb and could not find five movies that I actually saw that. Oh, wow. Do you want me to do you want me to do my number four? Do you have four, Marcy? Yes. I'll go again. Um, My number four is his uh, well, his first Pixar entry, uh, Monsters, Inc., Ah, um, which I think is a great movie. So me putting it number four doesn't mean that I don't think it's a good movie. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's a he's a green tennis ball. And I think that he had he has better performances uh, higher up on my list than that. <laughs> um, I put City Slickers as my number four. Wow. And that's a movie that I saw once when it came out ish. And I don't remember much about it. But um I do remember him kind of having a little bit of uh, funniness being a cowboy, but that's all I got. It's so vague. Okay. That's, that's fair too. Yeah. I'll be talking more about that in a little while. Cause I think that, <laughs> I think you've underrated that movie a little bit. Um, right. My number three is Eliza this. Um, that's the movie where he plays the shrink to Robert De Niro's uh, crime boss. Um, I think that's like probably that's the funniest Billy Crystal movie on my list. Like I really think he's like firing at all. Um, he he's he's operating at top speed in that movie. I think he's great. I have When Harry Met Sally as my number three. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that's okay. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have City Slickers as my number two. Um, I think he's really good in that. I think, I think he gives a, a nice balance like that. It, in a weird way, City Slickers is Billy Crystal's action movie, uh, where he actually gets a chance. He gets a chance to do more than just shtick, yeah. Uh, which I think you see sometimes him doing in some of his performances. But you know, I, I think you get to see a wider range from him 
than in some of his other performances. So I, I think it deserves to be a little bit higher on my list. Um, I had Monsters, Inc. as my number two. And I just love him as a green tennis ball with a big eye. And <laughs> I, you know, um, you and I were talking about a while ago if voice acting was real acting. Um, and, you know, I think I was coming down on the side of like, no, it really isn't. Um, but then I was thinking about the possibility of him ad-libbing some of his lines and then the folks at Pixar having to kind of figure out how to animate the Mike character based on, you know, what he's giving as an actor. Um, so I don't know how much that happens, but, you know, I like well, to think, think of Robin about... Williams in, in Aladdin. Yeah. I mean, I like you to know, think about these brilliant comedians being able to do that. And then the animators figuring out how to bring that visually to life. Yeah. I wonder in Aladdin, cause you know, Robin Williams is like a crazy man. Um, I wonder if they just allowed him to go into the booth and record whatever he wanted to, and then they were like, "Oh shoot, now we got to animate." All these I recall, things. I recall reading once that that this is what happened. They let him just do whatever he wanted, and then they animated it afterwards. That That's... seems like a much better use of resources because I guarantee you, there's no way he would have followed their script. No. That's what I I heard when um, I was watching this Billy Crystal interview on like some morning show where he was talking about Monsters University, the sequel to Monsters, and he was saying that um, that they send them into the booth and they do all the recording and they're not looking at anything, but what they do have is kind of like the stage directions, right? A little guide, general script, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fair. My number one. So for both of our main character actors this week, my number one is When Harry Met Sally. It's the movie we're watching. I think I think this is both of their apex mountains. Um, one is a bit part in The Princess Bride as Miracle Max um, with Carol Kane and just doing that whole shtick, trying to get the man in black to tell him why he should live. I yes. thought it was fantastic. Yeah. See, I find that scene. I find that scene kind of annoying. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. Really? I, like every every time that scene comes on, I kind of want to fast forward. Huh. I've never felt that way about that scene. To blaze. Yeah. blaze. <laughs> Have fun storming the know, castle. Like, like, that's, yes. Well, that's. True. I say that to you almost every night when I say good night to you. Have fun storming the castle, Raj. I and you know what makes me happiest about that? That's the thing that comes at the very end of the Billy Crystal scene. Yeah. <laughs> so I can forget all the stuff that came before. Like that's just she and Carol Kane, I think are amazing actors, but like that is an extremely sticky um Billy Crystal performance. Like some of the stuff that he says in there about how like, you know, he wants to get like a certain sandwich and stuff and like MLT. that. It's like, like come on. Man. Like come on Billy Crystal, like the, this movie isn't about you. I love it. All right. Well, that's fair. <laughs> All right. So, Roger, you want to once again tell people where they can find you guys? Sure. Well, uh, this is maybe not time now because who knows, you know, these minutes aren't going to come out for a while. Um, but we were really happy to do five minutes of Bowfinger in the latest Movies by Minutes shared project. So if you go back and listen to minutes 11 to 15 of the Bowfinger Minute, uh, you can hear us talk about five minutes of that movie. Um, and I think there are five pretty great minutes of the movie. I'm not talking about our 
podcast episodes, but I think those are pretty good. I, I actually liked your podcast episode. You you guys got me to watch a, a documentary that I'd never even heard of. So, you know, you get credit for that. <laughs> Which documentary? I don't even remember Senior. what I talking about it. Senior. You guys were talking about, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s documentary about his father. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's I didn't right. realize that had come out already. Yeah, it came out back in uh, November. Oh, cool. uh, but after I heard you guys mention it, I went and looked for it and I found it and was able to, to watch it. And I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, so thank uh, you, you guys know, for, for finding, for, for you're pointing, the, pointing one of, me in that direction. One of only, only 10,000 movies that you've seen by now. That's right. That's right. But why not? You know, yeah. that, that's, the way, that's the way you build something. You have one by one by one by one, isn't it? That's right. Well, we're here to serve you, Rob. No, not at all. Not at all. It's it's there's give and take here for everything. It's uh, <laughs> one hand washing the other. Sure. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just uh, do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, or you can find me directly on my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Yeah, I'll have what she's having. With all your faults. I love you still, it had to be you, wonderful you, had to be you.